I don't even know what I did except what I could with what I had from where I was. Just doing my best to follow an inclination as to where my heart's bliss would lie. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing last week's spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers. It's Mike Dooley here. Still feeling better and better. Got a little cough. Went to my doctor. Confirmed I am supernatural. So no worries. Thanks for your comments. Here's a great question. How to know we hit the thing we should be doing? The short answer and then the little less than short answer. You'll know you have hit the thing you should be doing when it's the last thing you wonder about. You never go there. You never think it, your life is awesome. You're busy. You're engaged. Your challenges, you are challenged. You have some issues. That's how you know you're there. Now, how to get there is the more frequent uh, question. And what that brings to mind is a Michael Singer quote. Michael Singer wrote The Untethered Soul, I highly recommend it, and The Surrender Experiment, really juicy reading. And Michael Singer, a, a super devoutly spiritual guy with no religion, totally into meditation, um, said something to the effect of that life's, life is the ultimate spiritual practice. Life not meditation, not visualization, life. And life has a way of pushing our buttons and showing us that we're not totally in alignment with truth. And the best way you can get life to push your buttons and guide you to a place where you are doing that thing you should be doing is to follow your heart, to follow your instincts, to do what you want to do, to be heard, and to listen to yourself. So what is it that lights you up? What do you most want to do? Have you been drawn to numbers, astrology, human resources, real estate? Follow those inklings. Okay, there you will be aroused. You will be engaged. You will be challenged. I can tell you for me, when I was at a crossroads in my life 20 years ago, and I really didn't know what to do next, and I had not found that thing for me, I remember thinking that the one thing that I love the most that wouldn't pay any bills is delving into the nature of reality. And instead of just thinking that like I had for the first 40 years of my life, I started dabbling with ways of sharing it. It became my side hustle. 
And I started sending out emails from Mike, which were never very popular. And those turned into notes from the universe, which are to this day very popular. One million people receive them Monday through Friday. And I began down this path that was paying no bills. But because I was going down that path, I was able to receive intuition, gain clarity that I never would have received or gained had I not gone down that path, that path that was led by this inner feeling of talk about it, dwell on the nature of reality. And then business ideas came to mind. People made offerings to me. I accepted love offerings. I gave talks. I was nervous. I hated my life. I hated myself. But would you believe in like two years, I was like, I woke up one day and I was like, holy crap, I'm living the life of my dreams. And I was like, when did this happen? There was no day that I went to bed at night and my life sucked. And the next morning, it was like, I found my place. It was because I was on this long path, doing the best I could to follow my bliss, though I did not know what my bliss was. Yeah, I like to talk about reality. So does everybody, right? Why, why would I have a ticket there? Follow the littlest inclinations, okay? And if you need a day job in the meantime, get a day job. You will be astounded where your life takes you and what is revealed. Life has been my ultimate spiritual practice. Not that I don't do all the other things a little bit here and there, but by going out on a path that seemed closest to what I most wanted to do, even though it wasn't the life of my dreams. And all of a sudden, I'm on a world tour. I have self-published Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams. I have this platform that's growing every single day, Notes from the Universe. And it was like, literally, how did I get here? I don't even know what I did except what I could with what I had from where I was. Just doing my best to follow an inclination as to where my heart's bliss would lie. And so when you get there, like I said, you're not going to even be thinking about this question. Um, but until you get there, every day, your circumstances slightly morph. So on my path, going from, you know, who am I and why am I here to, hey, I'm living the life of my dreams. There was an incremental shift every single day, invisible to the physical senses. I was always at risk of thinking this crap doesn't work. You know, I'm going to go back to being a public accountant. But I hung in there because it is what I wanted to do. And slowly metamorphosis upon metamorphosis, I woke up living the life of my dreams. And it was only in hindsight that I realized I was on the path that led to my greatest fulfillment, only in hindsight. So don't be looking for that mile marker that says, you have arrived, okay? You'll only see it in the rear view mirror. You arrived some time ago, nice driving. That's what's going on. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for spiritual tune-up. Here I bring lofty spiritual ideas down to earth to give you traction so that you can live in joy and thrive, which are your default settings. Today's question is one that I've touched on a little bit in the past, but it's a really fun one. It's a mind-bending one. Um, let's see what happens today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the oddity of time, memories, and changing the past. Mike. In a past spiritual tune-up, you talk about us 
always streaming things into manifestation. I talk about that we are streamers. We stream our manifestations into place exactly the way we stream our nighttime dreams. You have no trouble understanding that, right? That your dreams at night are your creation. You're creating them on the fly. <laughs> You're creating them for objectives, uh, for exploration, uh, for fun and games. You're acting out certain things. You're feeling certain things. You're having arguments. All of that, all of that is achieving a purpose and objectives. And it's not important during the dream that you understand the objectives, nor is it important during the nighttime dream that you understand the logistics of how you are streaming it into place. Because there is no dream bubble. It's just what's going on in your mind. But you've created it in a way where literally there's gravity and there's sunlight or there's ambient lighting in a room. There's um, you, you, your physical body, uh, you're speaking, you have vocal cords, all of that stuff. It's like unbelievable happens on the fly, spontaneously, along a linear timeline that you believe in in your dream to certain causes and effects for certain reasons and purposes. All the work is done. You don't have to know how or why, right? All right, so let me continue. Can you talk a bit, Mike, on why we would be streaming the livable earth for billions of years without us as humans on it? Hmm, do you get the questions kind of out there? Kind of like, kind of interesting. Well, first off, and, and clearly you must realize this because the question is deep enough. Um, time is an illusion, right? It, it's hocus pocus. There's no such thing as time um, as a construct of reality. It is a construct of perception. And it's different from one person's perspective. <laughs> to the next. Einstein showed time and therefore space and matter are relative, different from one person to the next. They're illusions. So I'm not so sure that we were actually streaming the earth into place for billions of years. If we weren't here, let me give you a parallel. I have had numerous dreams at night where sometimes you know that you're dreaming of, a, of something familiar to you. Sometimes you're dreaming of it's your own life and the same players and circumstances. Sometimes there's really wacky, weird, unpredictable things happening in a dream. I've had dreams that were extremely uh, realistic. There were no fire-breathing dragons, but they were not of this lifetime, yet they were of me. And they had certain other props. I wish I could remember details. I can't tell you now. Um, but I can tell you, actually, they were of me. But, but like I had a different house or I, it was different things. They were of me. And, and the dreams came complete with a memory, with a past that I could recall in the dream. Yet they were so unrelated to this lifetime, even though it is, it was of this lifetime, that I realized upon waking that the dream came with its own memory parcel, like its own chip, if you will. Now, did that chip really happen? I would say no, but it made possible the dream. Because in my dream, I had a certain past, 
I had certain decisions I made. I had lived in certain places. It was super crystal clear to me that this was not of this. It was not of this incarnation, but it, it was Mike Dooley. It was a different version of Mike Dooley. You could say it was a parallel universe. You could say it was a parallel reality. In a way, it doesn't matter whether it was or it wasn't. But the point was, I could tell by the props in the dream that it was all made up for the purpose of that dream at night. Okay, that's the point. The whole thing was made up. I have had dreams and therefore everyone else has. Where not only do you have somebody to contend with and have a conversation with, but you will have memories in that dream relevant to that dreamer's existence. Even though that dreamer's existence was limited to that 10 or 15 minutes at night. This gets really mind-bending. But what it implies is that our memories are nothing more than our chosen recall. That they're not necessarily things that happened. That they're perspectives. That they're a mix. And so when the questioner says, why would we create planet Earth and bring her along as a habitable stage for billions of years if we weren't even here? I would say there is only the now. And right now, we all agree that Earth is billions of years old. So if you go out looking for evidence, you will find it. You will see, oh, first it was here, and then it was there, then it was a continent, then it was in the bottom of the ocean. But all of that is being assembled spontaneously on the fly right now to give us a stage, which is no less mind-boggling than the fact that we can create a here and now. If we create a here and now out of thin air, then what would be the big deal of creating a here and now that has a certain recollected past to give more meaning to the here and now? But that doesn't mean that the here and now in a nighttime dream is real. It's illusion. And so is it with our past and our memories. It's all illusion. Your memories are what you choose to remember. Now, I know that that could trigger trauma and ugliness and uh, I'm not trying to go there in any way, shape, or form, but just to keep this conversation um, as one that will invite revelation and infinite possibilities of discovery. Let me give you one other overlay, which I have shared before, I think twice in the past 300 spiritual tune-ups. Uh, and this is from the Seth material by Jane Roberts. Seth would say, did say, that whenever an individual gets to a crossroads in life, and they might go left or they might go right, if it's a really sincere, authentic, might go left, might go right, and not a whim or a fancy, then both realities are pursued. And there is a you that goes left, and there is a you that goes right. And each you thinks you're the only one. And each you wonders what would have happened if you'd gone the other way. That happens at every major crossroads in our lives. It could perhaps happen at multiple times in a day. Every time you're at a crossroad, crossroads, your entire world, your reality splits. And here's the wild thing, as I've shared. When you split this way, like for me, I've got a mom and a dad and a brother and a sister. And in this one, I got a mom and a dad and a brother and a sister. Which one's my real mom and dad? Which one's the real me? Oh my God. And that's one fork in the road. And then I have dozens or hundreds or thousands, maybe 10,000 forks in the roads. There's 10,000 versions of me, 10,000 incarnations of Mike. 
each with different memories, each with different past, each with different parents, and each, not different parents, each with the same parents, right? But now there's multiple versions of them. And for each of them, you know, each time my brother made a big decision in the fork of life, there was a split. And in each one of those splits, there was a me because I was still his brother. So which one is really me? This is only to hint at the mind-boggling nature of reality, uh, the eternal now, uh, the illusion of time. And so, you know, I, I would often tell audiences, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there, does it make a sound? You know that old question, that old Zen question? Um, I would suggest that if there was nobody there, there were no forests, there were no trees, there was no sound. You know, if, if nobody's there, like on the other side of this wall in front of me right now, I can't see on the other side of the wall, there's nothing there. There is just void nothingness. You would think, oh, on the other side of the wall, um, there's the outdoors, there's uh, my driveway, the, my yard, my whatever, and then a neighbor's house, and then, no, 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 this is a nighttime dream. When you're having a dream at night in a room, do you think there's something on the other side of the walls, or is it just what you're streaming into place? You're not streaming the other side of the wall. You're not, now, if you go out the door and walk around the house, as you go, you'll be streaming it all into place. It'll all come to life. And if it's been a week since you were out there, you're going to see place. You're going to see the past as it's manifested and the grass is going to be a week older than it was the last time you were there. Even though until you went there, nothing's there. It's void unless somebody's thinking of it. Unless somebody's thinking of something or somewhere um, or they're there experiencing it, it's not there. But as soon as you show up there, it's there. And it's there with its history. And it's there and the trees grew taller. And it's there and the sun is shining above. But it wasn't there until you got there. Hopefully, I'm just totally scrambling your brains right now to hint at the majesty, the magic, the miracles, and your dominion over all things through the scope of your awareness. Thoughts become things, literally. There they go. Now I see my backyard. There they go. Now I see photos on the wall. I'm streaming it all into place. Oh, now it's all gone. Like the little kid. Nobody's there. Where's Mikey? I don't see Mikey. This is the way it really is. This is a million times closer to reality than thinking that it's this unending continuum that's always there whether we are or not. You might say, well, what about the animals? And what about the electrons? What about... I don't know. I don't really... I, you know... Clearly, all animals and all atoms and all motes of dust are sparks of God consciousness. Are they there if we're not there to stream them? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think for animals, their thoughts become things. They're not self-reflective <laughs> generally the way we are. So their reality is totally different. And, oh, okay, let's not go. There's so many tangents there, I won't go there. But uh, time is an illusions. Um, we live in infinite worlds. Uh, what's important, what's important is what you're streaming right now and the joy you're choosing to feel right now and the difference you want to make right now and how you're going to handle this beautiful day that's in front of you right now. We figure out right now 
And all these other mysteries will make sense one day. We came from where we understood it all. And we chose to forget so that we could be here and play these roles. It's not so important, unless it gives you leverage on your power, to, to unwind all these mysteries right now. But it is intriguing. It's a lot of fun. And it can give you leverage on your power. When you realize it's just not what you think it is. And that you are greater than all of it. That you have dominion over all things. Your thoughts become things. Your words give you wings. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley here with the Spiritual Tune-Up to help you understand some otherwise confusing metaphysical principles, bringing them down to earth so that you can thrive as you were born to do. And today's question is along those lines. It's one of my absolute favorite talking points. I've hit on it briefly from time to time. Mike, are we really here being pushed on to greatness? Okay. Mike, what is pushing us? Our will? Our thoughts of joy, pushing us to experience it further. I remember a neighbor of mine once said at a Christmas party, who didn't know what I do for a living, write and speak about the nature of reality. Uh, she said, I found your website. I'm like, oh, yeah. And she goes, wishful thinking. Oh my God, what an incredible insult. <laughs> She's still my lay neighbor. And I love her. No problem. But I get it. When somebody like me comes along, like you're pushed on to greatness, your thoughts become things, all things are possible. You have default settings through the roof to thrive. Yeah, that would be nice. I'm sure you're here to make me feel better, Mike. I get that a lot of what I teach, and perhaps other people teach, just sounds too good to be true. But isn't life too good to be true? And haven't you noticed what put me onto this realization of our inclination to succeed, that we are pushed onto greatness every day, was noticing. So, so many of my fears have not come to pass. So many of the things that I dreaded, uh, so many of the things I was negative about, so many of the things I've worried about have not come to pass. And that made me realize a thought is not a thought. Now, I know that sounds a little weird, but all of our thoughts look to align with the nature of reality. And the nature of reality is that you're not here with a 50-50 fair shot, succeed or bomb, succeed or bomb. If it was succeed or bomb, you would have bombed out a long time ago. We never would have gotten to this point in uh, the evolutionary march to dominion over all things. The thing is that we live in a world where we are of God by God, pure God, not a God of religion, but a God of love and joy and creativity and eternal expansion. And so we are like these God particles rolling like thunder throughout eternity, looking to grow and experience love in brand new ways. We're not here looking to experience failure in brand new ways. We're not here looking at being miserable in brand new ways. We're not here looking for a 50-50 shot of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. That's kooky tunes. That makes no sense in the scheme of life's utter beauty and magnificence, right? It's like, it's just like, it just keeps getting better. It just keeps getting more beautiful. Life takes care of life. There's symbiotic relationships. When people die, they go to a better place. Um, 
There's love at every single turn in our lives. It's not this 50-50 soup, which would be trash, which would be broken, which would not interest us in coming here. So when you look at it in terms of truth, look at what's going on. Haven't everything I said, uh, hasn't it borne out to your physical senses, the beauty that's absolutely everywhere? It's pure God everywhere. Do we find ugly? Yes, of our own creation when we're out of sync with truth. That's part of the challenge. And nobody can be made less for what happens in time and space because this is the greater dream. This is not the greater reality. So when you get that you're of God, by God, pure God, here to rock and roll, and you see that you have been exploring, you sense you've been exploring and becoming um, ever more since, well, time's an illusion, then you realize thoughts in alignment with this nature of reality, this truth that I'm expressing, those thoughts become things. I love life. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm powerful. Sure, every single day you see it. Um, thoughts in alignment with truth. See, many people don't think there is a truth. Many people think everyone has a different kind of truth. There goes your power. Okay, there is a truth. It is benign. It is supportive. It is all about love. Thoughts in alignment with absolute truth become things quite quickly. Thoughts out of alignment with truth. God is angry. People are jerks. I'm stupid. I'll never make it. I can't do it. Life's not fair. All of those crazy thoughts um, do not align with who you really are, nor with where you really are. That's why you can worry your heart sick for nothing. You can think negative thoughts and most will never see the light of day. I'm not encouraging that, but I'm saying you don't have to fear the fear. You don't have to worry that you worry. As I've said many times before, I'm getting to the answer of the question, how is it or is it even true that we are pushed on to greatness every single day? It is our innate being that knows no other way. Like the mighty oak tree, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, and some millennia after millennia. Many trees are many thousands of years old. Cypress trees in Florida, we've got a few of them, 3,000 years old. They eternally grow. It's not 50-50, they grow, they fall down, they grow and they wobble and they grow and they break. It's like their innate nature is just expansion and glory. And this is what your innate nature is. And this is why it is so fair and true to say it is, is, it's as if you are pushed on to greatness every day. There's a metaphor there as well, as if God or the universe is pushing you. That just helps us put our mind around it. But you are so innately inclined and born to inevitably and ultimately always prevail we can say it's as if you're pushed on to greatness every day. This is your nature. Your life is proof of it right now. You can look at your life. If life was fair, 50-50, for every high there's a low, for every blue there's a yellow, for every green there's a red. If life was 50-50, you would smile half as often. You would smile half the time and frown the other half. You would cry and you would 
laugh the same amount. You would have friends as much as you are utterly alone. You would have clarity as much as you are utterly confused. You would have money as much as you are utterly broke. If life was fair. But you have blown the lid off of all of those. You smile more than you frown. You laugh more than you cry. You have health more than you're sick. Uh, you have friends more than you're alone. You have money more than you have none. Your whole life, you've blown the lid off of it by 10,000 times. Humanity with their heads in the sand. We still have space stations, DNA technology, and smartphones. It's like we're killing it. We're killing it even though we're stupid with regard to the nature of reality. And I say that with a lot of love in my heart. See the obvious. Okay, You are born to thrive. You're thriving now in spite of yourself. You're thriving now. We all are in spite of knowing the truth. And yet we still blast the lid off of it. Can you imagine where this is going? Ultimately, life on earth will just be this, this oasis of harmony, splendor, non-competitive, totally cooperative, totally inclusive, totally diverse, where different strengths are being added to the mix so that where you're weak, somebody else comes and covers you. When they're weak, you come and cover them and we thrive. And that might sound like I'm taking like some kind of political view. Is that socialism or we one for all or communism? It's like, no, it's all about individualism adding to the collective. It's about individual responsibility, making the collective this incredible mesh of invincibility where we all look out for each other, we all thrive, we're all rewarded, we're all happy. We see that service and love and play are what we were missing all along. And, and we turned it into competitiveness and finger pointing and name calling and, and all that other stuff. So when you strip it away, you realize it's as if your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. You realize that we have these tidal waves of joy that are unstoppable. You realize, and this is being facetious, you've probably heard me say this before, that life is not fair. It is so not fair. The cards are stacked in your favor. It's like we're all cheating every single day and we don't even know it. It's like you won the lottery millennia ago, but you haven't stopped to look at your ticket. You're so busy buying more tickets and reacting to your physical senses. Pause, chill, celebrate. You're covered. Everything's golden. You have the Midas touch. You're pushed on to greatness every single day. You can worry and those thoughts aren't going to get in the way. You can have fear and pity parties as long as you're still positive and show up with baby steps. You're going to hit a home run. This is the real nature of reality. This is who you really are. This is how I can say you are born with default settings through the roof because you are God Almighty. And God Almighty didn't come here with a 50-50 shot of failure or success. God is going to succeed every single time. You are going to succeed every single time. And what seems like failure is always temporary. It's a leg up to a higher realm than you could have ever imagined prior to the so-called failure or seeming setback. Jumbo fellow adventurers, time for another spiritual tune-up. Mike Dooley here um, to remind you that your thoughts become things. That's the three fingers. Thanks for asking. Uh, okay, so today I'm going to dive in and talk about uh, the common cold, which has tangents in understanding uh, any disease, uh, broken bones, broken heart, or any manifestation. 
except that the common cold or disease, broken bones, broken hearts, are invariably unintentional manifestations. Everything that happens to us is of our own creation or our willingness to participate in whatever unfolded. That brings up all kinds of crazy tangents. Blame the victim. Look, I've talked about these tangents uh, many, many times. I'm not going to uh, go there right now because there's other points I'd like to make uh, in this little uh, tune-up this morning. But basically, uh, a common cold, and of course, this is the talking point uh, you've been asking, I've offered to share. Um, I've been going through a common cold and a sinus infection the last two weeks, one after the other. And it's all good. Um, so why not bring it up? Many of you have pointed out that A Course in Miracles speaks to a truth being missed, which is exactly what I've been saying in these past 300 uh, spiritual tune-ups. Whenever there is an um, hiccup in your understanding of what's going on, uh, there's an issue that shows up. Um, others have pointed me to Louise Hay. I'm going to confirm again, as I did last month, that Louise Hay, Hay's book is a treasure chest of information. But back on point, when you get a common cold, it is unintentional, but nothing should be assumed. Okay. Uh, The typical feeling is is like, oh no, woe is me. I have brought this on myself. True. Um, Something's wrong with me. Not true. We're here to learn and grow. And one of the flags on the plate, it says, hey, you could do even better is maybe catching a cold or different physical ailments of any and every kind. They all have a deeper meaning, origin that we can unwrap to discover truths about ourselves and move into greater power than we had before the cough showed up. So uh, a point I want to make here, um, while all issues, while all issues that are uncomfortable are a red flag that something is being misunderstood, do not paint it with negative, fearful, dire implications, not even cancer. So all issues, that, you know, they show up and some are, some are pleasing. All issues are surprises. But when an issue is uncomfortable, that's when you know something is being missed. And it doesn't even have to be a big thing. It might be a little thing. And I'm going to give you some really good examples right now. First, I'm going to read from Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. I really believe everybody should have this in their library. Get the ebook, the download. Half of the book is an index of common physical ailments. And they're likely, not absolute, they're likely caused. And this is what Louise Hay had to say about colds, upper respiratory illness, too much going on at once, mental confusion, disorder, small hurts. Now, these are all either or. So maybe it's small suffering, uh, maybe it's confusion, maybe it's too busy a schedule. And then she says, maybe it's a, a... a limiting belief. For example, the person who says, I get three colds every winter. You know, that person is just manifesting a belief of theirs. And 
through the manifestation of a cold, you can be like, is this a belief? Is this overload? Is this confusion? Am I, am I, what is going on in my life right now that's creating some anxiety? And if you can pin the tail on that donkey, you're going to figure out what brought it on. And you're going to realize that it was a gift that the cold or whatever the ailment is showed up because it was a, an invitation for self-reflection that you weren't giving yourself or accepting or acting on any earlier than until the cold showed up. So don't blow it out of proportion. Don't assume all bad. Realize it's always a gift. You're still here. You can connect these dots and understand more about your power, your beauty, the infinite possibilities that lie ahead for you. Um, exhaustion is another reason, which is in alignment with, you know, overwhelmed and doing too much stuff, that a body will demand that you slow down. A side note, obviously this is where I think my head cold is coming from. Um, tomorrow I'm announcing one of the most exciting 21-day adventures uh, I've ever offered. And so for the last four weeks, I've been spinning a lot of plates and creating a lot of courses and outlines, <laughs> workshops, agendas, working with my team who is also frenetically spinning plates on top of tune-ups, on top of membership, on top of other things uh, that I haven't shared and things that I just completed like the uh, Train the Trainer uh, certification for infinite possibilities. So this cold makes perfect sense to me. And here is another thing that it tells me. I have taken on a lot. That doesn't mean I've taken on too much, but it does mean that I might fear that I've taken on too much. So I can either scale back or ramp up my belief in myself and rely not on the physical mortal mic, but call on the higher immortal mic. I can start spinning plates in other dimensions using the magic and the, the miracles that abound for all. I can stop seeing myself as mere mortal and I feel better. <laughs> so do you see the gift that this can be? This is not like, oh, tisk tisk, back off. It's like, hey, you can approach this from multiple angles and different viewpoints and you never could have done that if the ailment hadn't shown up. Um, very simply, other possibilities for a common cold or physical ailments, contradictions in belief, contradictions in thoughts and daydreams. I could go here. No, I could go there. You can't go both places and maybe your heart is being pulled in two different directions. Um, con conflicting desires, uh, disagreements, with certain people in your life. Arguments. I want it this way. They want it that way. I want to be happy, uh, but I can't be happy unless they change. Uh, you're setting yourself up for entanglement. And the red flag on the play is saying, hey, there's other ways to look at this, you know. And when the red flag shows up in the midst of you dealing with something, oh, you know that this is very likely the connection. And that means you're wrangling with answer A, B, or C, and the real answer is none of the above. There's a different answer that you haven't even considered yet. Hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Now you can get there because of this ailment. So don't jump to conclusions. It might just be exhaustion. It might just be 
some inner disagreement. It might just be you seeing yourself as too mortal. It might just be so many things, but while it might just be those different things, you can take the cue, go within and figure it out. This is so awesome. So don't jump to wicked conclusions. I'm bad. I'm broken. I'm flawed. I have invisible limiting beliefs. I'll never figure it out. My friends aren't sick. How come I'm sick? Oh, I used to be like that. Uh, obviously anger, resentment, jealousy, those kind of human emotions. What do they speak to? They speak to a false belief that you're vulnerable. They speak to a lie that you're not good enough. They speak to the fact that there's no way around this issue, this person, this predicament, your past, or whatever you're facing. Those are all lies. So the anger is truth butting up against a lie, and it manifests as a disease or something like Let the manifestation remind you, notify you. There's a happy path here. There really is a happy path. Wrap yourself in a blanket of love and look for an alternative that you haven't considered yet. Broken hearts are exactly the same thing. What is a broken heart but somebody replacing their own view of their worth with someone else's view of their worth? And the other person's view of their worth is really taken out of context. That other person just might need a day off or they might need somebody less complicated than you or they might need somebody um, less loving than you. They might need somebody who's their needs are not a definition of your worthiness. But if you replace their valuation of your presence in your life with your own valuation of how awesome you are in this bastion of order, oh, that's going to hurt your heart. And it's not them. It's your perspectives. So let the unintentional manifestation of a broken heart, a broken bone, confusion, a common cold, um, be your signal that you're awesome, that everything's fantastic. There's another way to look at this and you're going to do just swell. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Friday. Time for another spiritual tune-up. Today's question uh, is one that I'm so happy I'm finally speaking on. Uh, because it has relevance, but perhaps not in ways that one might expect. The question, Mike, pertains to Mercury retrograde, astrology, aligning stars. Mike, how do these affect our lives? I believe all is energy. So, so it follows that a planet's energy would have some effect upon us. Is that the case? Please speak to this. Uh, delighted to. Yes, everything is energy. The energy of the stars and planets and trees affect our lives to a degree, but far less than you might suspect. And unbeknownst to us, we affect them more than they affect us. Not just trees, but literally the energy of the stars and their alignment. We affect them. Go back to the baseline. We are truly, you are truly, the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive in the dream of life. There is you in the physical universe, and then there is more you in the physical universe. There is only you in the physical universe, because you are pure God, and I am an extension of you, as you are an extension of me, and it's all one big 
love fest happening and playing itself out in the heart of God. I'm not taking away from the powers and influences of Mercury, Mercury retrograde and the like, and I'm going to go there a little deeper in a minute. But too often, we tend to feel like we are secondary. We're taught that we are secondary. There's nature and then there's us, and we better not foul it up. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. But it's not like there's nature and then there is us. There is just us. And to think that we are byproducts or mere bystanders of the majesty takes the artist out of the picture. You are the artist of this picture. You are the prime mover. Get that. We are all collectively the prime mover. We hung the stars in the night sky, all 10 sextillion of them. And we did choose our lives, knowing full and well where different energies might be heaving and hoeing, rising and falling, because we set it all into motion. And we picked energies that would be suitable to our lives. And we knew what kind of effects the stars and the alignments of the planets would have throughout the probable course of our lives. And this suited us. But let me add to that, that there is probably no energy that's not conducive to your dreams coming true. Now, yeah, if you want to learn to surf these energies, you can do that and it's going to be fun. But do not think you come second to the energies. You decide all. You rule. This is your habitat, your playground, your laboratory. You write the rules, which is not to say that there are not co-creators out there. And it's not to say that there isn't an energy to a Mercury and retrograde. But all of those things can be tuned into through your own heart. And already, we all, at a deeper level, take into account these rising and falling energies. And that is the best place to harness them, to key in, to awaken, to realize optimal time periods. You feel it or you don't feel it. Feel it. Is it Mercury? That's, that's secondary. Now, can a, a good astrologer help you? Oh, sure. Absolutely. There are some brilliant, gifted astrologers out there. One of my favorite is Tracy Farquhar. You can Google her. You can find her. She's the person who co-wrote um, channeled messages from deep space with me. I just exchanged emails with her yesterday. She is amazing and she knows how to present a card reading. Can an astrologer uh, do damage? I have to be very careful choosing my words here. The truth is absolutely never unless you give away your power. And we tend to do that at this primitive juncture in the evolution of our consciousness. We think we're small. We play small. We feel vulnerable. I need you to tell me what to do. And so uh, uh, um, an astrologer who is, who is not gifted might give you advice. They should only give you information in a loving and supportive way so that you can make your own decisions. They should not be giving you advice. They should not be telling you to watch out for relationships in the month of August. That just plants booby traps and, and negativity in your mind. It can be done poorly. Are you vulnerable to it? No. You're 
untouchable unless you give your power away. So fellow adventurers, enjoy this oasis of unending miracles, this heaving and hoeing of energies that you automatically know how to harness and tune into. But think not that these energies precede your own. You're the ones who put the stars in the sky and set them in motion. And every day you know what's best for you. It's not to say that amazing people like Tracy and countless other gifted, talented um, readers can't be a big help as well. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!